Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We're thrilled that you've joined us today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about moving from community to connection with our students. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. We have our student ministry workers retreat coming up, and they are our host. We love them and appreciate all they do for this ministry as we reach out and try to help student ministry workers. But Central Baptist College is, well, like everybody else, back in school. Things are happening there on campus. They have what they call is Mud Week, which is Mustangs Under Development, I believe. I always thought that was a weird title. But man, if you have a student who is a junior or senior, maybe uh, even sophomore or a freshman, um, have them check out cbc.edu. It's a great place for them to continue their education. And if they're a part of the BMA, there is a special program they have going on called BMA Promise. Uh, You want to get connected with that. And so again, that's cbc.edu. Well, Chris Vines is back with me today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Dan. It is good to be back with you for sure. Well, you are back in school, aren't you? Yes, we have started another school year. Uh, There are balls bouncing in the gym, bells ringing in the air, and something else going on somewhere else. But it is fun. (laughs) It is fun to, to be in school. Absolutely. Well, you you teach at a Christian school. I know you're also coaching this year, uh, but it is. It, it does it start in preschool or kindergarten? Our school is pre-K. That's four year olds all the way through the twelfth grade, um, and those are twenty four year olds sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that pre K to twelfth grade. I know that there's probably some four-year-old in your building somewhere crying for their mama because it's that close. <laughs> probably. I've, we've already we've already got a list of things that make some stories, um, some good, some gross. Uh, I probably shouldn't share all those on here, but yes, there there's always something going on when you have a school uh, a school on your campus, and so it's it's fun. You know, I I've said it before. But I've been doing this for uh, this is my tenth year, and uh, I don't know I don't know what life would be like in a quiet building. Just to be honest with you, it would probably freak me out. <laughs> well, that's what I have on most days here at Calvary because we have a con- we have a couple of ministries that meet here, uh, but they're over in the other building, so I don't hear them. Uh, we have some noise. We have some apartments being built next door, and I'm kind of thankful for any sort of noise, except for days when I'm podcasting. So we'll see if you hear a thud in the background or a, the backup alarm off a vehicle. But yeah. well, Chris, we want to talk about community. Um, I know that it is an important part of student ministry, 
as I've looked at the signs of a healthy student ministry, I always think about being relationship driven. And that comes from student ministry workers as well as the students and getting them connected. Um, but really that whole sense of community. And so why is community so important as we work in student ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I remember a time when uh, in our own group, I walked into a room and kids had had already shown up and there was there, were, there was a group of kids sitting on one side of the room. Um, and then there was another group of kids sitting on the other side of the room and they were just kind of silently chatting, but not much. It was almost like they just came in, sat down. This is when we had a pretty small space and there wasn't very many of us. Uh, there's still not a whole lot of us, but I just remember seeing that dynamic and I remember immediately thinking like, wow, this is this is not good uh, because when they came in, it was like they just came, they sat and they're like, OK, let's get started so that I guess ultimately we can get finished and then we can go home, that kind of thing. And so, you know, I, I think when we think about community, uh, whether it be within our youth group, with our church or really just anywhere, um, probably a, a, a word that comes pretty quickly to mind is just the life and the vitality that you find somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and in other words, if, if we just start describing community with the words dead or dying, um, all of a sudden we know that we're, we're not moving in the right direction. So when we think about community, we want it to be full of life. We want it to be a very vital aspect of our group. We think of smiles and, and, and people connecting over just different things. And, and that's ultimately, I think what we're talking about today is, is how we can one, not just build the community, but specifically once that community is built and there's, there is vitality, there's life, how do we go the next step to uh, connecting, not just over shared interest, but over you know, spiritual needs and right. uh, true Christian care? Well, as, as we think about that, moving from community to connection, it, community is good. Connection is great. I think that's a maybe a good way for us to look at it. But some of our listeners are right now at the same space you were at when you talked about when you would step into that room and there'd be a little little voices here and there and not much is happening. And so what are some beginning thoughts? What If we're wanting to help them move into a sense of community, uh, what are some things that we can do to help facilitate that. Do you have any idea there? Yeah, just, you know, a couple of things that just come off my mind immediately is, you know, you know, one, don't, don't overcorrect. And what I mean by that is don't think that you need to throw your sermon in the trash. Don't think that you need to push teaching and time in the word to the side. And that, you know, some people might be like, what are you talking about, Chris, when I say that? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think sometimes when we, when we see a lack of community, we start thinking in ourselves like, okay, we've got to fix this. And the way that we're going to fix this is with just some lighthearted games and, and activity and that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, those certainly have a place. But if, if we start making our group time all about that, well, then that's what we're going to have to keep our group time doing in order to, to, to keep kids there, that kind of thing. So, so don't, don't overcorrect by, you know, throwing everything that you're doing to the side. I mean, teaching the Bible um, that is that is priority. Helping people see the goodness of God through His Word and, and and knowing how to connect ultimately with with Him through Jesus Christ. That that's what we that's what we are going for. But as you as you start thinking about it, you might want to start thinking in terms of how can I intentionally put things on our 
calendar and on our schedule that would promote the group just having fun together yeah. and, and, and getting smiles, getting them not thinking about what school they go to and, and how they might be on opposing teams or whatever the dynamic might be within your group, but getting them in a, in a common direction. And so, uh, and that, that opens up the, the thought process to be really creative and how everybody can do that within their own group. Yes. And that's where, you know, as student ministry workers, I, I still am convinced that student ministry workers are some of the most creative people in the church because we kind of have to be, <laughs> and uh, we try because we're trying to reach a generation that is being hit by so many different things. Uh, but the the simple thing is, put it on your calendar: a mini golf night, bowling night. I mean, the there are a lot of activities in most communities or a short drive away. But then you can get real creative about other things that you might do. I know that for me, when trying to build community, you can't really build community unless your group is together. And so, I mean, that makes sense, but we often don't do that. And so take them to camp, um, church camp, uh, SOAR conference, um, other events. I mean, I know that the, the group that we took out on a church-wide mission trip, the students that went on that trip were much closer because they had experienced something totally different, but together. Yeah. And so we cleaned off a trailhead. I mean, and so they all loved the fact of, of watching me try to get one of those posts out of the ground and spinning yeah. around and almost dying and, and watching one of our church members who was, well, really almost blind, but she was out there using a weed eater. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun, um, a lot of great memories, but it was something that had to be done together. And yeah. so that creative side on it. So absolutely. And I, and I don't want to interrupt you there, but I, that, that's so good. And I'll just say this, like shared experience is, is crucial, I believe to, to building a, a good community uh, within your group. You know, you, you're saying this and, and what makes me think about it is like, it doesn't have to be a dodgeball night. Now it can be right. uh, last night at our group, you know, we'll share, I'll share more about this, but we had a, we had a three on three basketball tournament, you know, and um, not everybody played. There were people cheering and all this kind of stuff, but so it can be something like that, but it doesn't have to be. I remember a time whenever I was, I was 15 years old about to go on a mission trip and I was at the old timey VSM boot camp. I say old timey. That sounds really hokey. Uh, it wasn't old timey, but it was old. It was it was old school because it's it was much different than how boot camp is done now. Yes, and I know yes. I'm using some language here that some of our listeners may not know about, but just know BSM Volunteer Student Missions, a great piece of the puzzle of our uh, overall associational Baptist work that we do. And and so as I was a teenager getting ready to go on a trip, they're training us on what to expect. And one of the ways that we built community amongst all those that were going on trips is they had us walk the highway uh, and pick up trash together, ultimately to find ourselves at the end of that highway at a little convenience store where we were uh, given the task of going in and basically cleaning that store from top to bottom. And I mean, it was a, it was a almost a whole day project. It felt like, but by the end of it, like I can still tell you certain people's names that I was picking up trash next to and, yeah. you know, scrubbing <laughs> floors with and that kind of thing. And in the moment, you're like, man, this stinks. But you're sharing that experience together and and it's just so rewarding. And you build a community that uh, that 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 I believe 
last. That's where we're at. We, you know, you want community and you want good community. You want great community within your student ministry so that when you come into the room, as you mentioned earlier, that there is a sense of life and vitality. That's a, that's attractive to those that come and visit and that come for the first night. They're like, well, you guys really like each other. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's not always the case in groups of students. And so yeah. it is, it is valuable. But today we're talking about making that step beyond. You've got a good community, things are happening, you feel the life, but it's all on the surface. And you can find this in in big church too, you know, if we want to call it that, um, where people will come in, it's really nice, everybody's shaking hands, maybe hugging, but there's not a deeper sense of community. And so that's what we want to talk about. How do we move from community to connection, where that's something deeper, something more meaningful? Um, so Chris, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I think this is a, a, a good conversation to have. And, you know, and as I think about that, I don't want to go too far into what I'm about to say, but I know that, you know, we're talking kind of in a, in a church Christian lingo kind of way, you know, there's certainly, I mean, you know, in other words, we're, we're kind of narrowing the focus on these two words, community and connection. Uh, there's certainly connection that happens in order for just general community to occur. Um, And so we know all that. Uh, I think what we're getting at is exactly what you said, you know, not just getting people in the room and laughing and playing a game together and that kind of thing, that kind of community, but ultimately how can we get them to where they are caring for one another? And so that kind of connection is what we're talking about, you know, truly connecting um, on a heart level, not just on a uh, hands and and feet level, if that makes sense. Uh, so that's how I'd want to kind of frame this a little bit. Go ahead, Dan. I so well, let me ask if if you are um, thinking about that. So what might that look like? That connection. Um, so before we kind of get into the heart sure. of what you're sharing, you know, how do you know you you've arrived? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a great question, and I don't know if I I could give a, a full answer to that, but I think we could certainly, I think we, it would be one of those things. It's like we we would know it when we see it. Um, oh, that's true, and and, and ultimately we, we would just kind of know it by the fruits of what are happening. And so I, I would say some of the fruit of what we're talking about would be kids coming into a room, or just people in general coming into a room, or coming into contact with one another, and not just being okay with hearing. Um, about what the the score was at the game on Friday night, but rather going to the to the next level and saying, you know, I'm so sorry that you you lost that game. Um, how you been feeling since then? You know, is there a way that I can mm. pray for you um, in in something that you're going on, or just kids recognizing from you know knowing that a, a, a one of their friends is going through a hard time at home and and coming in and and not just trying to treat that as if it's you know, something over there that we don't need to mess with, but being able to kind of have that one-on-one conversation and say, Hey, how you doing with this? You know, that's good. Um, that's good. and, and I know that doesn't always happen. I'm not going to, I'm not living in some type of fantasy world to think that, that that is going to happen in the middle of a big, large crowded room. That's super loud, and, but it can, it certainly can. And, but I, but I think those are some fruits of what we're talking about where it's okay. just ge- genuine care for one another and not just this surface level. Hey, how are you? Let's go play ping pong together. All right. Well, great, Chris. If that's where we're starting, how do we get from community to connection? 
So from a leader standpoint, I've just jotted down three things, and this is something that's some, that I want to do. But I think the first thing is to pay attention to these kind of needs for your group, because not all groups are the same. Some of you guys out there who are listening to this, man, you you may you may already be right where we're talking about, and and you need to you need to chime in on this conversation. You need to send us a message and say, hey, um, here's what we've done, and 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 share that, right? Uh, but the first thing that I would say anybody needs to do is you just need to pay attention to the spiritual needs of your group. Um, you need to pay attention to what's going on, to the landscape around you. And this takes a, a leader, an individual to basically just kind of stand back and just observe what is right. And to be able to to see the reality. And, and that can be a, a difficult and sometimes painful exercise to do where you just, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I was in that room and I just kind of stood back and I noticed, hey, we got one group over here, not really doing anything with this group over here. It's just kind of a split room. And so you just kind of have to pay attention to that and and in order to make the right adjustments. You know, I, I think about one of the issues is that youth pastors as a whole, we've gotten this reputation of moving from church to church within 18 months. And there's some truth to that. Um, they don't stay very long. I think it's getting better, but 18 to 24 months. And it's really hard for you to assess what's going on in your group and at your church in that short amount of time. I mean, you can immediately see some things. You, we're not blind, um, but you may get your, your group to that sense of community. But by the time you're trying to move them to the next stage, to move them on to a deeper level, well, you're moving on. And so I think longevity is definitely important in that assessment piece. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, I mean, we certainly know that there's a lot of reasons why one person might move from one place to the other. But I, I think we both agree that if the Lord allows and if you can and stay somewhere for a long period of time, yeah, because I, I can sit here and I can look back over 10 years of you know, the dynamics of that have happened within our group, you know, so not just seeing youth groups come in and, and leave, but I can, I, I can look back in the last five years within the last five years. And I can think about how certain kids in my, in my group right now, well, they've, they've experienced the, the loss of, of a loved one, you know, mm, and, yeah. you know, this has happened in, in this situation and, and all of that, as I just assess the room, as I pay attention to the spiritual needs of the group, all of that matters because that that is what's bring. I mean, that's that's all. Those are all variables that are um, very real and affecting where we are now. And and so if if you're only staying somewhere for you know a year and a half at a time, then it, it's really hard for you yourself to connect um, on a deeper level to be able to lead people to do the same. Well, after we've assessed, what's next, Chris? I think at that point you plan, you plan uh, specifically, you start planning, you're preaching, you're teaching um, intentionally in the right direction. All right. So I've done this within our group. I've, I've kind of stood back over this summer and I've, I've noticed some, some tendencies that are happening within uh, just friend groups and just our overall group. And I'm, I'm seeing how it's really easy for our group to come into a room together and have a good time. Like there's no problem there. There's laughing going on. There's fun. Um, and I love that. I don't have to bend uh, people's uh, wills and arms to to stay 
uh, late or to come early and just to hang out, that kind of thing. I, that's that's what I've noticed, and I'm thankful for that. But also know that that's what's easy. And oftentimes what's easy is not also what is most beneficial. And so I want to plan this semester and really this school year. I've been planning my my preaching and my teaching that would hopefully start, you know, by the by the grace of God and 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 by the the Spirit working in our lives, move people, move these students into deeper areas of connection with with God and with one another. So I want to plan my teaching intentionally in this direction. So Chris, we've talked before about how you approach preaching to your students and looking at what you're going to share. Um, I know that we're both proponents of expository preaching. And so my question is, when you're looking at it this way, while your messages may still be expository, are you moving through a specific book of the Bible or how are you looking at it in that regard? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, I do a little bit of both, you know, so when it comes to student ministry, my thought process is, you know, I want to be able to, in a, you know, a kid's moving through, through, through the, the youth group in about six years, right? right. Seventh through 12th grade. Some people have it broken up into middle school and high school, that kind of thing. You know, we're, we're a small church. And so I've got seventh grade all the way through 12th grade in the same room. So one of the things that I think about is not just what do I want them to know, but what kind of tools can I give them as they are growing in Christ during these years? And so that leads me to think, okay, I want to preach through books of the Bible, but I also know that in six years time, I'm not going to be preaching the whole Bible to them. Um, and so I, I actually, in my planning and preaching, there are uh, like in this semester, I've built in where there's going to be three to four week series over a particular just uh, a, a topic. Right. So it'll be topical in that sense. But then I might follow that up with, say, like a five or six week study through um, through a book of the Bible. Right. Okay. That that I think would be appropriate for this season, this season of life. Um, so, for instance, if, if if you notice that, you know, your kids are they're very self-centered. And they don't they don't really care much about who's who's out there and wanting to reach the people um, in their schools and in their community with the gospel. Then a great book of the Bible to go through would be something like Jonah. Right. A man who who received grace upon grace upon grace from God, who was an Israelite, um, who had the covenant of God. But yet, as you work through Jonah, you realize, man, this guy um, does not know the heart of God for all people. Right. And right. so in other words, you don't have to just go up, you know, come up with a, a, a three week topical series on how to, you know, reach your school. You, you could spend four weeks in Jonah highlighting a man who got it wrong and emphasizing the heart of God for all people and let that then motivate people to go and to, to live accordingly. Well, we've talked about assessing the situation, looking at where our students are and what's going on. We've also talked about planning and specifically planning your teaching and your preaching to focus in on some of those needs to help motivate and move our students from, uh, again, as we've described it, community to connection. What's next, though? I think the third thing I would just say, and probably the last thing for this conversation, because uh, I, I think we could keep making a list, but we the third could. one, the third one would be this: practice something new. 
So within my group, I, I've noticed that on a Wednesday night through the school year, just like most other things, there becomes a particular routine that happens. So for us, I can quickly just say, you know, I open the doors to our space at 530 and kids start showing up. And from about 530 till about 10 after six, um, sometimes a little bit more than that, closer to the six o'clock mark. They're just they're just hanging out. They're playing what we call jungle pong. They're playing ping pong. They're they're sitting and they're talking. They're they're eating all the snacks that um, I bought. And then they're coming up to me and they're telling me, hey, why didn't you get this snack? You know, this is this is all part of that 30 minute period. It's that routine. You know, I've got kids saying, hey, I really want you who I'm like, too bad. You're going to drink the Dr. Pepper that I got you, you know. Um, and so that's that's all part of the, the routine there. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I backhand a kid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So that happens. And then, you know, there's kind of a, a call to worship, right? I, I say, all right, guys, let's let's move into our, you know, into our worship time. And then we have guys who are leading our singing. Um, I, I usually do some type of icebreaker just to kind of get the room kind of together in, in one spot. And then and then I preach and, and then we sing. And then sometimes we might break into groups. But most of the time it's, you know, it's kind of a send off into, you know, uh, into the rest of our week. And, and that all kind of becomes part of the routine, right? And it also becomes very predictable. Kids know this and they know it's going to happen. So what I would say, if you notice after you've assessed your room, you've, you've paid attention to the, the needs of your, your group, you begin to plan your preaching and your teaching accordingly, I would encourage you to think about practicing something new. In other words, maybe install a new element within what you are already doing that would basically just kind of ping in everybody else's brain. Oh, wait, this is, this is different. We're doing something, we're doing something different. And, and then you lead them on how to do that. So like for us, one of the things that we will be doing different as a group this upcoming year is instead of um, the first thing that we do whenever I, that call of worship happens, instead of the first thing happened of them just coming and sitting in seats, I'm going to have them actually get into groups of three and begin to pray for one another. Right. Not pray generally, but to pray for the three people that are in their group. And all, there's there's a lot of back end work that's going to happen in all this or is happening where, you know, it's not just going to be three of their best friends. But I, I want to actually build these groups intentionally so that there is a connection happening amongst that group that wouldn't naturally happen in um, in other ways. Right. So that's going to lead me to give them certain prayer prompts. It's going to lead me uh, to be able to to lead them into into asking good questions that would help them to know how to pray for one another. Uh, but all of that falls underneath this umbrella of of us practicing something new this school year. That is a great approach. And really um, what you've talked about today is the assess plan and try something new could be utilized in any number of things. But specifically, as we look at community to connection, the idea here is that we're, we want our students to get beyond just that, that normal, average, well, this is fun, this is great, um, and understand that the body of Christ is, is about a deeper thing. It's about people's relationship with Jesus. It's about praying for one another, genuinely caring for one another. And so we want to encourage that any way we can. Well, Chris, um, we want to wrap up today. Anything else that you want to say to our listeners today? You know, I just want to encourage 
all of you guys out there who um, you, you know you're getting ready to start a new a new season, maybe with your students as school year approaches. And and I, I think um, I, I've certainly come to this point in the year with uh, in the past with different types of emotions. I've come with excitement. You know, I've, I've got a plan and I'm ready to implement. And in, in full honesty, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel good about this year. I'm excited about it. I know that a lot of things could happen. It's not all on me. And, and, and if I do any of this in my own strength, then it's sure to fail. I want to trust the Lord in that. And I know you do too. But I've also come to this point in the, the year with just just feeling deflated, maybe because the summer was just tough and it was long and Maybe I'm behind on some things that I wanted to do. Uh, there can be a lot of different reasons for that. So I just say that to know that, you know, you guys who are listening to this, um, I know that there's there could be a wide range of how you feel right now and how you're getting ready to approach the school year. Maybe maybe your group doesn't look the way that you expected it to look. Maybe things just haven't worked the way that you wanted them to work this summer. I, I don't really know. But um, wherever you are, my encouragement to you is just to simply – um, for yourself, for your person, your, yourself personally, to just to step back and and to then at that point just give it to the Lord, just lean on Him, mm. and and I don't say that in in some kind of cliche kind of way. Uh, I, I mean it uh, in a very real way because Jesus said in John fifteen that um, that we are to abide in Him, that we are to simply rest in Him. And to dwell in Him and to to trust in Him for for everything, just like the branch uh, cannot bear fruit apart from the vine, neither can we bear any kind of fruit personally, or you know, for our church apart from Christ. And so, at this point, where, wherever you are emotionally, whether you're excited or whether you might be just deflated, um, abide in Christ, because apart from Him, none of us can do anything. That's what He said. And that's very true. So uh, let that be uh, maybe um, fresh, fresh air for yourselves, so to speak. Uh, and, and I hope it's encouraging to you. But uh, I'm thankful, Dan, that we get to and we get to do this. You know, this right yeah. here is encouraging just to be able to, to talk about this, to be able to listen to these kind of things. And while none of these three things are, are perfect uh, examples of, of what to do, I think they certainly put us in the right direction as we begin to just pay attention to the needs of our group, plan our preaching and our teaching that would that would be um, in the right direction uh, for them, and then to and then to just um, practice something new. And that last one, it could be for many of us. It could be personally. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm going to just simply trust the Lord. Maybe you've been trusting yourself way too much, um, and the practicing something new is is for you just to simply with open hands, abide in Christ and say, Christ, I can't do this, but you can. And so I'm trusting you. Chris, thank you for the encouragement. If for nobody else, for me, I appreciate that today. Well, listener, we, we love you. We care about you. There's a lot of things going on. I know it's the fall. You've got football games. Then it'll be basketball season, just all sorts of things that are ahead. Uh, just keep loving on your students and as you join us in these conversations to listen, be sure to share if whether you are on social media or you are um, listening through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can leave a review. We would appreciate that. 
We'd love your feedback. Uh, send us any sort of questions or topics you'd love for us to cover at info at studentministrymatters.com. But we want to encourage you as you face that new year, keep working, keep serving, keep loving because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.